What's going on, Skytown? Just wanted to give you a quick note at the top of this podcast. Chris and I recorded at 10.30 this morning discussing Courtney Vandersloot's departure, Azra Stevens also being on the way out. When Courtney announced about a couple hours after that, right when I was 10 minutes away from being done with the podcast, that she is indeed going to the New York Liberty to join Brianna Stewart, John Quill Jones, Sabrina Inescu, you know the rest. And we do not touch on that on this podcast, but we will talk about Courtney's departure and what it does mean for the rest of the league and probably at a later date, probably the next couple of days. But just wanted to let you know that this podcast is entirely fresh. I just listened back to it. And besides the sky not being, um, besides us not talking about Courtney Williams being the new member of the Chicago Sky, everything else in this podcast is fresh. So I hope you enjoy it. And thanks for hanging with us. What's up, Sky Town? Take a deep breath. The Skyhook Podcast is here with you. We are feeling your pain today. As, as always, I'm Chris Pennant with the founder, the foundation, James K, here for your Thursday. And this might seem like Black Thursday to some of you, but we will at least have deeper analysis on what might be to come for the Chicago Sky this coming season as we have learned the truth that I think a lot of people expected a few months ago. But Candace Parker, Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, and now Azaree Stevens will not be returning to Wintrust Arena as home players in the upcoming 2023 season. James, we'll get into it in a second, but how are you doing so far with all this? I'm still processing it like a lot of other people right now, and it's just, I can't get the idea out of my mind right now, or just the image out of my mind, I should say, of the sky in those last seven and a half minutes, game five of the semifinals. And anytime I see one of these moves being announced, whether it's Candice or Courtney, Ali, or Azure, it's just that that those, that's, keeps coming back to the forefront. Maybe it's because I rewatched it recently, but it's a little haunting when you rewatch something like that and to see just a 26 and 10 team all of a sudden kind of evaporate on the spot. It felt like in the span of a couple of days, it's a lot, man. I mean, how are you doing? It's difficult. I, I'm glad that you said that because that's a very crystalline moment um, in the same way that the, that game four of the finals the year before was, and especially that, that lasts, 10-minute quarter, maybe the last 11 minutes of the game. Um, it's a game that the Sky were trying to fight to come back from and really just shed the label from the season and the possibility that they brought in Candace Parker and, and might not make it all the way. You know, that team was 16 and 16. And I think that brought them together in the way that the next year saw them drift apart. There's, there's an idea about the disease of more and how it affects championship teams. And we, we don't know, I don't, I don't know if we will know exactly what happened in those last seven and a half minutes ordinarily in, in other, in other sporting areas, 
there would be books written about that. <laughs> you know, people either getting interviews or just speculating on what happened, what caused that to just disintegrate so quickly in that space of time. But in lieu of books, you've got us. So we'll do our best <laughs> to try and <laughs> try and clarify what this means for the sky this year and what this means for their immediate and not so immediate future. Plus, of course, dabblings into the other dominoes that have fallen in WNBA free agency. But first, as we've been talking about for some some weeks now, kind of teasing, we are very happy to introduce our new sponsor today, Skyhook fans. And if you're thinking about getting a feel for the best bets to be made in this upcoming WNBA season, look no further than BetStamp. It can be difficult for even the most savvy of sports bettors to keep track of their wagers. And for novices, it's nearly impossible to know exactly where to start. But with BetStamp, you can shop the available lines at the most popular sports books. That's BetMGM, FanDuel, BetRivers, PointsBet, and more. All of those to find the best value. Then keep track of your bets in one handy place. Plus, you can follow the most successful BetStamp users, which I'm kind of hoping will be me at some point, <laughs> and analyze their picks. So download BetStamp today and use the code SKYHOOKPOD when you sign up. Honestly, I've been using the app the last few weeks, and it is really, it's a really handy tool. There's a, there's a lot of books with a lot of information, and you you need a primer to start sports betting anyway. But BetStamp is a very, very good place to start if you're a novice, and it's an indispensable tool to have if you're an expert. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't do sports betting as much anymore, but to have a place centralize all the lines, I can't tell you how much I wish I had that tool when I did it a lot in college. So definitely check that out. And yeah, I mean, you can. that's one way of supporting us too, is going over to BetStamp and using that promo code. So very exciting time for us. We appreciate BetStamp for betting on us. And Chris, I think it's time to talk about what we've been kind of going back and forth on a little bit since yesterday. I mean, Courtney Vandersloot and Allie Quigley will not be coming back to the Chicago sky. We'll touch on the Azra news after that as well. But Courtney announced on in a very heartfelt post on Instagram that she would not be coming back to the Chicago sky and thanked, I mean, everybody, I mean, she's had a specific call out to Michael Alter, who she's had a close relationship with. And we don't know where she stands necessarily. She still has that decision to make about where she wants to play in 2023. It does appear to be down to the Seattle Storm, Minnesota Lynx, and New York Liberty. And I guess let's start there, Chris. How much of like how much of a loss is this for this guy to lose someone like Courtney Vandersloot? And has it really hit you yet that 22 won't be in sky blue and gold next year? It'll be difficult for sure. This is the only franchise that Courtney's known in her stateside professional career. And she said as much when she made that Instagram post. And, you know, there's these things have to be carefully curated. It was, uh, there was a very nice graphic for it. I, I like the font. It looks like something that you'd put up on a billboard uh, nowadays. And honestly, I think it would be good to have a billboard for at least Sky fans that they can publicly 
you know, put their remembrances next to it because this is that kind of morning season that we're, we're coming into. <laughs> but it was good. I think it it's a good contrast if that if one can be found to the Hamby situation in a player with a long a long tenured with a franchise and how their exit went. So if there's anything for Sky Sky fans to be able to hang their hat on, it's that, especially when you take into context the acrimonious way that though that the Sky and Courtney came together last year. Um, at least publicly acrimonious. We we were all going off of the wildly underwhelming offer, quote unquote, that was detailed on the free agency special. So I think it's at least a good sign. The door is open if she wants to come back and play a final season here. Or, I mean, you don't have anything that you hate to see in sports where a franchise centerpiece is basically just excommunicated or they don't get along with their franchise and then there's a long long road to uh, forgiveness, redemption. So there's at least that. The one downside, though, as I saw somebody on Twitter say, Courtney said pretty much, I don't know where I'm playing, but I know I'm not playing with y'all next year. So there's that. You know, it wasn't an announcement of, I'm going to this team. Let me tell you how much I, I loved being here. It's, I'm not sure where I'm going but I don't want to stick around here. There's a, there's many different conclusions to draw, but I think that's a fair one. I really think that you hit it on the nail there. I mean, it's, you see the decision coming down to other teams that are not the sky. And it's hard not to question what the future, like what the future looks like for the Chicago sky when it does look, I don't think they're in the same place they were back in 2016, 2017. Like they're just not when you win a championship that just puts you in a different position than franchises that haven't gone to the mountaintop. And you know, they're adding new ownership down the line. Nadia Rollinson still has to go through that formal process because otherwise we would have heard something from the sky by now. I believe those are two positives. But man, it is hard not to think about what could possibly have put this guy in this position where it's just like, you know what? No, we, these players are not considering Chicago as much as they probably were last year. Obviously the championship incentive wasn't there this year, going back to back to back or going back to back in the 2022 sky's case. But a lot of sky fans right now are questioning what is happening with the front office or what's happening with the culture. And while we don't have any reports on there being any type of, I don't know if disconnect is the right word, but just there being something up with the team last year, the lack of activity around the players that were already within your organization, which you should probably have a leg up on when you have a year to again, convince them that your culture is the one that they want. They should want to stay in. I think it's fair to question like what that is there something going on here potentially with this guy. And again, I, I, it's not something that I take like I say lightly or that I don't like I I really contemplated even bringing something up like that when again there hasn't been reporting we have not been in the locker room and see what is going down and I again I have no information about that whatsoever but I do understand why fans right now are wondering what's happening with the sky and why weren't they in a better position to retain some of these players 
Yeah, you have to wonder that. Um, you only have five players under contract now, nominally, and really two of them that you can hang your hat on. One being Kalia Copper, who signed through this year since she has got the since she was cored, and then Dana Evans, who is coming to her. She's got an option for next year. Then Lee Uri and Ruthie Hebert. So you have, I mean, you have five. You can go out on the court with that, but you haven't signed. There hasn't been even any. I think in Chicago, we're used to seeing the underwhelming signings even, you know, just like, hey, we're going to accept the fact that we can't sign this person. So we're signing somebody else to fill their spot. That's the troubling thing for me. If you're kicking the season, then you sign some people who are just going to tide you over and at least make the basketball decent to watch, or you sign some people who would, where fans can outright say, okay, we're, we're tanking this year. We're going for the draft next year, or we're going to rebuild in the free agency period for next season. But that hasn't been done. And a lot of the signings that people were looking forward to outside of maybe bet Nigelani have been signed. Erica Wheeler just signed. I really thought after Courtney's decision, that you wanted to try and keep Azaree Stevens, like you really wanted to make a big swing for her. But I also said yesterday that it's tough to, it's tough to convince Z to sign a, a multi-year deal, knowing that you only have that many people under contract already. And you're probably just, you know, you'd have to re-sign Kalia Copper if you were going that way. And so it seems like they're kicking the season, but without a, a definitive route, which is not a good sign at all. I'm with you. And to me, in terms of the inactivity from the skies and in terms of signing some of these players, a part of me wonders if that is an indication that they really did think that they were in the running with Candice, Ali, Sloot, and Azrae to again, keep that cap space open before trying to add some of these other free agents that have kind of, I mean, that have already signed. I thought Erica Wheeler was an interesting option for this guy. If they were going to try to retool and they have so much cap space that they've got over $930,000 in cap space right now. And maybe if you're going to try to bridge the gap of let the aces do whatever they're going to be doing this upcoming season with Candace on a one-year deal and, Asia Wilson's a free agent after that. I mean, she's going to get cored no matter what, but, um, or again, if she says she wants out, they can core her and that that all gets so complicated. But I do think this guy probably thought that they were in it. If they were letting some of these other people go or be like, you know what, a player like Stephanie Talbot who wanted to make a decision early on in free agency, letting her go to LA um, let's just just like some player like that, like in that middle class, like you're not right. going after the middle class. You really think that you can go back and get Azure, CP and Slute. And I mean, you know, Ali clearly is valuing rest by taking the season off, which I think uh, totally understandable after what she's done since 2008. But a part of me thinks they thought that they were in the running and maybe things sizzled. But there's just more that we don't know about right now that I think we just have to be a little bit more patient on terms of the reporting and I'm, I'm going after it as well but I'm, i guess i'm curious chris because a lot james wade has been really under fire the last 48 hours especially 
how much do you think the blame is on him? Because I have some thoughts on this, but I'm curious about where you stand as James has, again, taken a lot of heat. Well, when you're the head coach and GM, it's tough not to. You've got to, you're the first person making these decisions. I think what I, what I can't speak on is what's been alluded to, not necessarily here, but in other places about last season and the team chemistry and um, just ability to gel. Because I think we saw that they were able to gel for most of the year. That was, that's the tough thing. The team was playing well. It wasn't just their 26 and 10 record. It took them almost three months to lose back to back. Was it back to back games? Back to back to back games. They, I know it definitely took them a long time to lose three in a row, and it might have been to lose two in a row. So that comes from trust in the coach and to some degree as well, trust in the GM and the coaching staff and overall. At the same time, I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. So in that, I think you have to have a plan. You have to be able to talk in the best of times and the worst of times. And you have to at least be able to say either by words or by actions, this is what we're trying to do. When the White Sox fuck up an off season, they at least try to get out in front of it. Even if they're paying lip service, we haven't really seen any lip service. Now we've seen the same, the same thing from Las Vegas, but evidently they had enough clout to get over their own faux pas and make a lot of big money moves. The trouble for the sky is that they have to maintain their foothold in a rapidly changing landscape. And it was a, um, it was a slip when James Wade last year said that Chicago wasn't a big market. I think uh, that this came up on Twitter last night from Kristen Braswell and Angela Scurrio. <laughs> And I know what he was trying to say in that moment. He meant he media just, market, by the way. That's what he told right. me the next day. It was like, I meant media market. And I'll that's let still you continue not, on. That's still not the case, yeah. <laughs> if, if if you're trying to say it's like you, they don't get the success and glory of other cities all the time sports-wise, that makes sense. But the Sky aren't a legacy franchise in the league and they aren't the most successful franchise in the league. So even though they won, that only lasts for a few years. Even in a town like Chicago that really treasures its champions, you are already underneath the the major four sports teams and, and maybe the Fire and even the Red Stars to some degree who have not won. So you have to maintain by any means necessary, whether that meant signing as a Ray Stevens and having her pair with Kalia Copper, even in an underwhelming year, that's the tough part. It doesn't look like they have a plan, not just for bringing a competitive basketball team on, but for maintaining an entertaining product. Yeah. And in terms of the lip service thing too, this guy did not grant the media interviews about free agency. That was something that, I know multiple people tried to do, and that was something that was not granted. And again, that's the sky's choice to go ahead and do that. But I do think by talking to the media a little bit more, and I know that um, Annie did a little bit of reporting as well as free agency got closer. So, you know what, I'll, I'll step back and say that James Wade at least talked a little bit about it with her. Okay. Um, I do think that just, Bracing for a potential storm like this, which 
every team should be trying to think about every single possibility and what the optics will look like because it's it is a business and talking to the media a little bit more about all those plans I think looks a lot better than what it is right now, which has been silenced and fans just having all these questions and also coming to conclusions on their own that might not actually be what is represented in reality. And that to me, the optics of that just aren't that great in my opinion. And that's why we have a lot of theories being floated out there where I'm like, you know, if, if what like if we were able to do a little bit more reporting on what's been going on with the sky a little bit more, like we did after the 2021 season, I kind of think the sky are a little bit in a better position than they are right now from a public relations standpoint and just again how the public is viewing this entire situation. But let's move away from that for one quick second, Chris, because let's talk <laughs> about like the on court. Like I think that like we can talk as much about the narratives with all that, like that can be its own problem. The on-court thing is also somewhat of a problem here when you have someone like Kalia Copper in the last year of her deal. And I wonder how much Kalia Copper, like how involved she is right now with mm. the front office in putting together the roster for 2023, or if it's just, or just thinking about like what the future will look like after that as well. I mean, I'm sure there's, these are all things she's considering right now, but I guess what would you do if you're James Wade? How about let's phrase it this way. What would you do with your James Wade? This is a new era of Chicago sky basketball straight up. We, the sky have only three players remaining from that 2021 championship team in Cod, Dana Evans and Ruthie. Where do the sky go from here? What do you think is the best direction? Because retooling feels less likely now that, Azure is gone, especially. I mean, again, we we knew that CP was up in the air. We knew Courtney was again weighing all of her options as someone that just has a robust market for the best point guard in the league. Where did this guy go from here, Chris? If if you were James Wade, what would you do at this point in free agency? You got to sign some veterans for the minimum. Stay under the salary cap. You know, I'm not sure exactly who comes to free agency next year but you can rebuild you can rebuild fairly quickly this year's draft is good next year's draft is supposed to be even better so if you do it right you have the fifth pick this year you want to get someone of good value whether that's a person who has a very good rookie season and then you can possibly trade them to a team or um even trade them for for another pick um or you you just you have that season, you pick up this fifth pick, they're good, but they don't elevate you to the playoffs, and you stay in the lottery and have a chance at that number one, two, three, or four pick next year. But you have to go that way, and you have to do it smart. You've got to fill out your roster. You've only got about a couple of months to do so, and I'm not talking about hardship contracts. I'm not talking about people that – you can get value, obviously, from people who played overseas for a long time, just ask Rebecca Gardner. But you've got to get veterans that are not going to put you into that conversation for the last playoff spot. And it's, you know, that's I'm going to walk that back because it's tricky. We saw teams get close to the playoffs last year and then still land in a good spot in the lottery. So you can at least be talking about that. And that'll be some excitement for fans. 
but you don't want to get you don't want to be too good at this point you just can't be too good because this is this has to be a rebuilding year like you said it's not retooling it's rebuilding at this point like it does feel like this has to be a rebuilding situation and selling that to Ka is something that I would love to be in the room for to hear how someone as competitive as Kalia Copper is being like hey over the next couple of years it might take us some time to get back to a place that we were in in 2021 there's nothing like the magic of winning Chris that you can have all the money in the world you can be in the best situation possible from a resources standpoint if you have a chance to win a championship as a competitor as an athlete I take option three every single fucking time <laughs> if you have a chance to win a title versus being in the best spot possible. Um, again, from those other two perspectives, I mean, how Ka is going to be taking in all of this is something that I'm really interested in. And if this is something that right before the season, we hear from Kalia Copper about what her expectations are for it. I am going to be zeroing in on that answer just to see what that is going to look like. And I guess I'm curious because I know other people have brought it up. I said in one of my last articles that I think that I would, I, I even said it on this podcast as well, that I would refrain from taking in offers for Kalia Copper. I don't think there's much to gain from trading a superstar, a two-way player like her who is the last part of stability that you might have she's the face of the franchise now she's the face of the franchise now a part of me does wonder though what her value would be for one season of Kalia Copper for some of these other teams that are looking up at the Aces and Liberty thinking well what the fuck do we do now with the moves that they've made do you even consider trading Kalia Copper if you're the Chicago Sky I, I lean no but I would love to hear if you think that this guy should and what the case would be for it? I think that on paper, there's an argument to be made for it. If she has a good season this year, like 16 points per game, uh, four or five rebounds around the same number of assists and a good amount of 20 point games in there, then there would be teams that would be willing to go in for the max or close to the max. I don't know if she would necessarily take lower pay to, to jump on a team of like an already established team. But Jonathan Kolb and Natalie Williams have shown that there are teams out there willing to spend the money. However, I think from the sky's perspective and outside of the, outside of the paper, you have, like you said, a two-way wing a player you can build around a player that I think will be other players will be drawn to. They're not going to, there's not going to be this kind of a thing with Kalia Copper because she's she's even the players who are dedicated to winning, I think that she attracts quality players and quality people. And then just for, if you let I still feel like if you let her go, there's there's a chance that she would have to deal with a pissed off Kalia Copper from then on. And that's not really <laughs> worth it. <laughs> you know, that's just not really worth it. So I, I wouldn't trade her. I wouldn't trade her either. I don't think that there is a good enough value to get back, even if you get picks and quality players from it. Like you would have to get somebody of an age and talent level of like a Ryan Howard. And I think that player could be found in the next two or three drafts rather than in a trade. I don't think you can trade a player like Halea Copper in the same way that the way – that we saw 
the return for John Quell Jones be so, let's be mm-hmm. honest, man, it was pretty minimal for Connecticut. I mean, I don't mean to disparage anyone who was in the trade or anything, but when you have a 2021 MVP and turn it into someone who, while I really love Rebecca Allen, I mean, I thought this guy should go after her when Allie Quigley was potentially going to retire after the championship run that she's still battling coming back from that collapsed lung. It's had multiple concussions within the last year and the number six pick probably not as valuable either given how top heavy the draft is and Ty Harris, who has upside number seven pick in the 2020 draft, but that's not enough. I don't think that's even 50 cents on the dollar for someone like of John Quell Jones's caliber. And I look at the sky and maybe it is a different situation where John Quell was picking and choosing where she wanted to go. I think that Kalia Copper keeping her in the fold for one more year and just the relationship that her and James have that it has James Wade. I think one of those best qualities as a head coach is the us against the world mentality. It's do you hear what the media is saying right now about us? Are you kidding me? Like, No, no, no. Right here, we're coming together right here, and we're going to show them why we're wrong. And I think there is, while again, that's uh, maddening as a media member at times when it's like, (laughs) I I didn't say that. Um, But uh, there is these other times, though, where it's like, it's worked for the sky in the past. And if you have this relationship that they built, I mean, remember, James Wade bet on Ka when he signed her to a max deal, a two-year max deal, one of his best moves as a general manager. And when you do something like that, you're telling that player you believe in them. There's equity built up there. And Ka could have gotten more money last year if she wanted to. She could have signed that core deal that would have given her the max, but opted to sign a two-year deal in Chicago. She's talked about James Wade is like, again, he put together, he was the mastermind behind putting together last year's team, which didn't yield the results the sky wanted, but like, holy shit. How, I mean, I don't, that is a masterclass off season. If you ask me. Yeah. Now got you got way better. You have all this equity with Ka that you built. Now you're trying going to be looking to her and convince her, Hey, no, this is a place you want to stay. Look what we've done. Look what we can add for you. I do think there is an upside of keeping Kalia Copper in with selling her on the culture again, making sure being like, we will again, give her the superstar treatment, give her anything she fucking wants. Again, Nadia Rawlinson coming in and being able to give that financial cushion that this guy didn't have before. And that's not my words. That's Nadia's. That is something that I think has a way higher upside than to go out and trade Kalia Copper. And I, I keep seeing it on Twitter. Maybe that's me just not, should not I'm being better about just not going on Twitter, but I'm just curious about these <laughs> fan reactions are at. And I just think there's not a lot of upside. I think you're really selling low on your own situation by giving up Kalia Copper. Yeah, and I think what it, what happens is that there's a lot of... Uh... When something like this happens, there's a there's a big drive to just say emotionally, fuck it, let's throw it all away and start fresh. It's also become a very popular way to sound smart. Like, 
oh, well, it's way better to tank here and not make the playoffs because you have the chance at a draft pick. Now, I know that I said that before, and I still I still do believe it, but you make the point that Kalia Copper and James Wade are incredibly competitive, and it's going to be hard for them to swallow that, even with the promise of, of being better next year. However, I think that this is one of the times where you don't you put yourself in a position where that is your only good choice. You have to get in the lottery. You can't just be in the draft. You have to get in the lottery. I think that that's the only real way forward here. And you can still win 12 or 13 games while being in the lottery. Obviously, a far cry from 26, but you got to deal with it. Like this, at, at this point, you, you made your bed, you know? Yeah. If, whether that was your choice, whether that was other choices, this is where you are now. So you can't look to what would the ideal situation would be where you're winning a lot of games because right now it doesn't seem feasibly possible unless things that are out of your control happen. So you have to deal with what's in your control, fill out your roster, and sally forth with that. Now you can have Kalia have a great individual season. You can finally get something out of Dana Evans. Hopefully you can finally get some good minutes out of Ruthie Hebert and see if you can drive her value up in a trade. Because a rebounder like that, I think even, even if Ruthie's best skill is rebounding, somebody will find a good use for that in 15 to 16 minutes per game. So if you play her, then somebody will be willing to take her. That's what you've got to go forth with. You know, I, I'm the same way. I want the team to be good. I want the team to be competitive. I want the team to make the playoffs and have a shot. But they're not everything that from everything that we can see, they're not at that point. They just can't be at that point this season. And so you got to deal with that. That should be the slogan for this 2023 Chicago Sky season is control what is controllable for you. And I think that that's really well put, Chris. And before we get into Ali Quigley's future in the WNBA, we have another word from our sponsor, BetStamp. Sports betting is a great way for fans to get more involved in the WNBA. And BetStamp is an indispensable tool for sports bettors of any experience level. The app aggregates data from all of the major North American sports books, showing you the best odds available for any bet you want to make. You can also follow picks from the most successful BetStamp users. Chris, we hope you will be added to that list soon. And you get to keep track of your own betting history as well. The app is very user-friendly and highly recommended if you are a active gambler and want to centralize everything. So download BetStamp today in the Apple or Google Play Store and use the promo code SkyHookPod when you sign up. One more time, the promo code is SkyHookPod, all lowercase, when you sign up. Chris, Allie Quigley. Have we seen the last of Allie Quigley? She reportedly from Holly Rowe has not retired, but she is taking the 2023 season off. Yes or no, is Allie Quigley going to be back in the WNBA at some point in the future? I'm surprised that she that she said that she wasn't going to retire this year because at a certain point I figured that Courtney was, wasn't going to stick around. But I think that there would be a possibility getting on that European team and then just saying, hey, 
don't want to play this season. Uh, I don't. I honestly think that Allie would retire after the off season or after, sorry, after this season. I think that's what I'm leaning towards that. She's just, she's just going to retire following the 2023 season, but I mean, there's a possibility, you know, she never, she, you can't really say anything at this point. Another team might is like, Hey, you want to come off the, you want to come off the bench, play 12 a night, you know, put up a few threes and run through some screens. And it's like, you could do that. You could do that until you feel like not doing it at this point. She's earned one of those 144 roster spots until there's a moment where teams say, eh, we don't want Allie Quigley. And I think that's still two or three years down the road. As much as I thought she was going to retire, there'll be a team out there that might be looking for her and a competitive team at that. So I think she'll retire after this year if she's not retiring this year, but we have to wait and see. I don't think we've seen the last of Allie Quigley, my man. i not reporting anything, obviously. I'm just saying to not retire means that there is still something brewing inside of Allie Quigley as a competitor that makes her want to be, wants to keep the possibility of that itch being scratched and to not make that decision now, there's going to be a point in August when Allie Quigley is watching some of these teams that need three-point shooting and think, man, next year, I think I would be a perfect fit for that. And you start to let your imagination wander about what certain situations could look like. And it doesn't have to be 25, 30 minutes a game like you just said. It could just be this short burst of scoring that a team might need. Man, Allie Quigley is, by all accounts, like she's also one of the, like the sweetest people you'll interview, very like quick and to the point. But everything you've like I've once seen on the court for the last five years, and also just from hearing people talk about her competitive fire. I mean, I don't think that has gone away if she if this decision has been so difficult for her to make that she's saying, no, you know what? I'm just taking this season off, but I'll leave the door open. You leave it this ajar. I think that she's there's going to be a point where she puts her finger, her fingers through that little space and pry that door open and come back to the WNBA or just W or even just basketball in general. But she's played every year since 2008. She deserved time off. I get why she would want to reassess things in a few months. I mean, that's what it is, right, Chris? It's like really 10 months if we're being honest with ourselves. I don't think we've seen the last of Allie Quigley. Yeah, I can see that. I could also see her wanting to transition to a behind-the-scenes role if she feels like it. But it's it's time off to assess what you want to do next. You know, if you want to do what you've been doing for the last, gosh, really have to go back to high school competitive basketball, right? Like the last 12, <laughs> 13, 14 years you know, 16, 17, 18, going on and on and on. It, you have to assess whether you want to do that for the rest of however long, or if you want to get in the front office, I think that possibility is there. We've seen it um, very recently with a lot of different players. Whether you want to go the, the TV route, I, I'm, I would be more surprised to see Ali on an anchor spot, but I think she would do better than, say, Landon Donovan at the World Cup. <laughs> Sorry, very low bar. 
had to throw that shot in there, man. He was bad. So Allie could definitely do better than that. Uh, but it's it's time off. We all deserve time off, especially after a long career that started with a lot of bouncing around. Yeah, and I do wonder. Hey, I don't. I didn't plan on saying this today. Uh oh. Um, no, 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 not not nothing too controversial. I don't think, but it wouldn't even surprise me if she thought, okay, I went one for eleven in my last game with the sky. What if I had a little reunion to her, even though she, again, I don't think she wants that attention from a media perspective, but like, what if Allie Quigley signs a 10-day contract in the WNBA towards the end of next season, let's just say, and she just gives out one more performance for the Sky Faithful after, and again, not wanting to end things the way that they did. I am now, I, I have veered into, James, letting your, fucking imagination wonder like freely <laughs> like t- going on a motorcycle and just going in circles right now but when i saw that report it's just like that was my gut feeling man it's like oh no there's still something in you ally there's still something in you and i really do think there's a possibility that after this time off you kind of just look around not knowing what to do with yourself. And if you have even a little bit of a desire, you don't want to have a what if down the line of God, I just wish my last WNBA game was what was different than the one that happened in game five of last year's semifinals. But Chris, we should also probably move on to Azrae Stevens, which is probably the biggest thing that is happening today in Skytown, unless you have any other thoughts on Allie Quigley. Uh, I, I don't think she'll come back just for that, but it would be it would be an event if she does. I'll say that. But yes, on the Azure Stevens, which I think is the I shouldn't be surprised at this point, but there you go. I mean, it was reported this morning that Azure Stevens will sign with the Los Angeles Sparks. Um, first reported by Alexa Philippou at ESPN. The Sparks, just first of all, from the Sparks side, fantastic move. A plus move. Um, they, you know, we we've yet to see the situation really finish, but they picked up the uh, they picked up the Erica Hamby in that trade. They got Jasmine Thomas from Connecticut, and they expected, according to ESPN as well, to sign Neka, resign Neka and Cheneo Gogumake, mm-hmm. and then Lexi Brown resigned with them as well as Stephanie Talbot. So they've done what I wanted them to do as a franchise they signed a quality head coach that head coach brought in a good amount of his own people they didn't resign Brittany Sykes I really thought they were going to resign Brittany Sykes and make moves to do so and she's going to Washington for a lot of but, money by the way it's like 190 the first two years and 195k the last year I'm that's probably a lot of money if you have other needs on the roster if you're the Sparks is all I'm going to say about that Fair play. No, that's very fair play. Um, for Brittany Sykes, I will say is I am not a part of of bag any social media, but congratulations to her. She deserves that. Um, get that money for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, the the Sparks have made really, really, really good moves. Just really good moves. The Sky, I really think that they should have made a better effort to sign maybe they did, you know, I can't say, but I thought Azure was a must resign. 
to go forth with any semblance of com of, of competitive possibility. And now we're we're at the the point where I, that I talked about before. That's all I could really say about it. Losing Azure is big. It sucks. It really fucking stinks. And after seeing her come off the bench in such a great role, we were gonna we were gonna get the chance to see her start. There's nobody in front of her, and now Sky fans will have to see her do that. I you know at times with the Sparks. You know this is odd too because with them re-signing NECA and Cheney, Z's probably still going to be in that same role that she was with Chicago. I think I don't, I don't know if I they'll disagree. run with the three-person front court, but I think she, there's still going to be some of her behind one of those two players. I disagree with that. I I, I saw Nikias Duncan mention the same thing, and when it comes to a great basketball mind like him, it's hard for me to push back just again because he's just such a brilliant writer. Go follow him if you don't, but. Shanae didn't play as much last year either. And it's not like her output is something that when you look at what Azrae Stevens did, not just last year from an efficiency standpoint, but also how great she was in the 2021 playoffs as someone that became the fifth starter of, of the sky. And, you know, they really relied on her more down the line compared to Steph Dolson, who also played a critical role, but not trying to trash Steph by any means, but We've seen how Azrae can be effect, how effective she can be. She led the WNBA at blocks at the rim, despite playing just over 20 minutes a game. And I think Azrae, with having this robust market, Eddie Costable had reported that there was league-wide interest in Azrae Stevens. Arya Schwartz from Windsider reported there were teams flying out to Turkey to meet with her. Right. She ain't coming in to play 20 minutes a game and the contract, if I had to guess, while the details have not been released, I'll be looking out for those as well. I pretty sure she's going to be making starters money at least. And if you're looking at how you want to build towards the future, I think Azure's career in the WNBA right now as a player is much more promising than Shanae's is right now as a player. And Again, getting her to Los Angeles, you have to sell her on all the goodies. And I think that includes starters minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a fair point. It's just, there's going to be a lot of moving parts to take care of then in that front court. So Kurt Miller has a job to do there. But good for Azure. I want to see what the terms of the contract are. But good for Azare. She's land. She's landed more than on her feet. She's going to a, a franchise with a lot of promise. There's going to be some really interesting games. Watching them play Las Vegas next year. So, that that's all I can really say. I really like what LA's doing this offseason, man. I absolutely love it. They were worse. They had the worst three point shooting percentage in the WNBA last year at thirty two percent, and that's despite having Lexi Brown who shot pretty damn near close to 40% on like 3.9 attempts, I want to say. Wow. And yeah, she really stepped up and had her best three-point shooting season, in my opinion, out of all the years that she's been in the league. Then you get Stephanie Talbot, who again, just a consistent shooter. And I mean, think about where LA was standing. Like if you were to tell me that LA would come out a winner in free agency while also not getting Candace Parker... I would tell you you were crazy a few weeks ago, but they get 
Derek Hamby, who, again, I don't love the number that she's at necessarily, but she is someone that can be reliable three and four for you. She's a multi-time all-star. She's proven she can come off the bench. And you get a first-round pick out of that deal because Vegas, again, was clearly plotting to get Candace Parker or mm-hmm. someone that could, again, fill that last spot in the starting closing lineups. And LA comes out of this. Again, they also get Kurt Miller, who I know we a lot of people have different opinions of Kurt. I think getting him a stable figure compared to what they've dealt with the last few years is a big win. And again, I think you can do a lot worse than Jasmine Thomas, Lexi Brown, Stephanie Talbot, Kennedy Carter, who is somehow lost in this, if she's able to res- resurrect her career, Katie Lou Samuelson, Derek Ahambi, Neka, Shanae, Azre. You can do a lot worse than that roster is all I'm going to say about LA. I just, I really like what they've done. I really think things could have gone south after Candace decided to go to LA or go, go to Las Vegas and they've rebounded nicely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I, like I said, I can't say anything more. They had a lot of bullet points to hit following the offs, following the season. And they hit most of them. They really hit, they really hit most of them. So yeah. LA's got it, LA's got it back. I think their fans have a lot more reason to be excited. Now Sky fans are in the place where they were last year. I mean, they haven't seen their former players win a championship yet, but they've got to watch Candace and Chelsea Gray, you know, back together again. And they're gonna have to watch Z <laughs> in in Los Angeles. And it's gonna be one of those where you're gonna show up to see your old favorites. It's just, you know, it's a season that you're really going to have to eat a lot of shit through. <laughs> this is the best yeah. way to say it. And to touch on the Azrae thing with the sky, I think the difference between retooling and rebuilding was Azrae Stevens. I think we, we've already talked about it on here. It was literally building up a front court of Azrae Stevens, Kalia Copper, whoever comes at the five, and then figuring out the backcourt. And Losing Azure signals the rebuild is fully now into effect. And I don't think there are free agents on the market right now that can turn the Chicago sky into a championship team in 2023. I think it's very fair to say that it's a very mild take at this point in free agency. And I wish all of those players the best moving forward. I can't, and I've got actually something I'm going to be coming out about what it, it's meant to cover Courtney, Allie Quigley, and Candace Parker. Um, you know, and as Ray Stevens thrown into that too, just such a pro. I'm gonna be doing something a little bit later on that, either next week or maybe this uh maybe Sunday. I'm gonna try to push for it. But um I wish those players all the best because again, just total pros understand like what the media's role is in the WNBA landscape and just good people, man. I can't tell you how many bad <laughs> bad teams I've had to report on where the the situation is just dire and people and there's just bad people that are that are just like trying to I'm not you know what they're they're just um trying to make things difficult for you when you're just trying to do your job. And I really appreciate the professionalism that all four of those players have really 
shown over these last few years. And yeah, it's just a new era in Chicago, Chris. It's a new era in Chicago. I actually, and I've said this to Annie too, I'm also kind of excited because the new era, now that there's no familiarity, pre-existing familiarity, outside of Cod, Dana, and Ruthie, and James, there is this new era that's coming in where all these new Sky fans that came in after 2021, now they're going to grow like the same way that the Eric Nemchoks did, the mm. the Rickies did, you know, like all like the Sky Show Shy, Sabria, like all these people now that um that came in back then. Now there's going to be these new fans that are going to grow with the team, and that is exciting to be able to cover things that haven't been covered before or touched on, and. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's exciting. It's a new era. Obviously, you want to cover winning teams and everything, but it's a huge shift now that Ali Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot are no longer going to be on this team for the first time. That the Chicago is going to be without them since 2010. It's a new era, but I don't think it has to be all doom and gloom necessarily, even though the newer fans are have the expectation of winning in the short term. I'm excited for that and what it means for us on this podcast as well. So I think there's something to that. Uh, I will interject before we start to close out. Yeah. I know that there's some difficulty now with the idea of bandwagon and non-bandwagon fans and people who were there when the team wasn't great and the people who were, you know, accepting and, and not accepting. And I'm not wholly in favor of gatekeeping, but there really is something to be said for being in the to- in the low times, being with a team in the low times, and seeing that it's just, there's, there's more satisfaction to me in that. There's more satisfaction in being a team in the low times and then seeing them rise up and, and really make it. So to that regard, I, I want those people to stick around because you're going to have to deal with, you know, WNBA fans, they're, they're petty and they're cutting and they're catty. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of people who are like, Oh, remember last year, Chicago, you all that trash you talked. And now you gotta, you gotta sit there and you gotta eat it. But you remember that. I think there's this idea for some reason, people who are fans of these teams who are on these social media apps don't understand that there's one ladder for everybody and you pass by the same people going up that you did going down. So it's like this cycle of everybody just trash talking each other. And the new fans are going to have to deal with this if they stick around, which they should. And then when they get their chance to go back up the ladder, then you get to talk to everybody else. It's not, it's not, it's, it's not non-toxic but then it wouldn't be as fun. So again, the team has a job to do. They've got to sell their players on this year being bad and sell the city on this year being bad so that they can keep their corner of the market and then continue to grow it. it that last part is so freaking important and why if you're a Sky fan who wanted that short-term success, why it was just imperative to do more with building off the momentum than the Sky did over this past year. But, hey, that's the situation. This is where we're at right now. If you all have any comments or questions about 
what we talked about today or what you might want to hear. We, we're we're going to end up doing that mailbag, but things just, again, got kind of crazy yesterday. And then new news came out. So some of your all questions that they didn't quite, uh, they're not as relevant as they were before. So we are, we are going to do that mailbag episode. We appreciate you tuning into this episode and for BetStamp for being our sponsor now over the next couple of months. And if you want to reach out to us, you can always do so by emailing the Skyhook mailbag. That is the Skyhook mailbag at gmail.com. And if you want to find us on social media, you can do so by clicking our link tree, which is in the episode description. If you want to contribute to us financially, you can do so by Venmoing us at the Skyhook podcast. That is also in the episode description. Skytown. I know it has been a tough last couple of weeks, everything kind of culminating into Ezra Stevens departing in free agency this morning on top of all the other news that has come out over the last couple of days. But hang in there as much as you can. We look forward to talking with all of you and chatting it up on this podcast as well. So we appreciate you. And until next time.